All right, gentlemen, episode 31, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, I should know that. I just updated the website. <clears throat> Speaking of website, threestarrecruits.com. You can find all our podcasts. You can also find all of our daily fantasy lineups advice. Can't get you the lineup. You have to figure that out on your own. But And the betting, which is my record is now 7-3. and three. So if you missed out on that, sucks to suck. But new stuff coming out tomorrow. I should have it done tomorrow. No, Friday. Tomorrow's my anniversary. Happy anniversary to my wife who doesn't listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Well, in that case, let's just be on. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Careful. I don't know when she decides (laughs) to listen. She probably said that. It's a trap. (laughs) It's a trap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody out. She's probably listening right now though so be careful all right let's get in the elephant in the room u.s open and bryson dechambeau yep so i'm gonna start it with this and i'm gonna kick it to you because you were i received a lot of calls and i want to say calls. i see received a lot of text messages from quite a few people over the last few days i've had time to digest this and do some really i'm gonna say serious deep thinking about it you are not the only person who sent a text and said, are you going to apologize? So my question to you. I, I also said, I, I said he wouldn't win a U.S. Open. We'll get to that. So you weren't the only one texting me like, oh, you're going to apologize to Bryson. I had a few people text me and ask me if you were going to as well. So my question <laughs> to you is, why would I apologize? I, I shouldn't say apologize. That was the wrong word. Uh, but you weren't the only one who texted <laughs> right, me that. Right. So I, I shouldn't have said apologize. I guess, obviously, we discounted him. I don't know for the last six months or whatever it was, but he. So I'll get into my official <laughs> official statement. We were not the only ones who discounted no. him. No, including his peers. Who I have a quote here from a said Rory McIlroy. I'm not sure if you gentlemen had a chance to read this or see this. Big Domino's pizza fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to get to that too. <laughs> So Rory said, I really don't know what to say because that's just the complete opposite of what you think a U.S. Open, Open champion does. Look, he's found a way to do it. Whether that's good for good or bad for the game, I don't know. But it's not the way I saw the golf course being played or this tournament being played. It's kind of hard to really wrap my head around. I think it's brilliant, but I think he's taking advantage of where the game is at at the minute. Whether that's good or bad, but it's just the way it is. With the way he approaches it, with the arm lock putting, with everything, it's just where the game's at right now. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. He's just taking advantage of where we're at right now. So Rory basically saying, I didn't think he could win a U.S. Open like that either. I read some tweets from other guys on a tour this week who basically said the same thing. When I said Bryson wasn't going to win a major, let alone a U.S. Open, I truly thought that. So I'm going to – props to him for playing well. I mean, you you can't win the U.S. Open playing like shit. Okay, you, you have to play well. And I'm not going to discredit the fact that Bryson – didn't play well, the fact that he works his ass off. He does all of that. So now I'm going to back up a little further in Bryson's career. I, at one time, was a DeChambeau fan and followed this kid in college. And I said when he came out that he was going to be, he could be a really good player and have an impact on a tour. The reason Bryson, some history lessons for you, the reason Bryson turned pro was he went to SMU and SMU athletics were hit with NCAA sanctions. 
he had won the USAM and I think the individuals that year in the NCAAs. Yeah. He's the only person other than, I think, Tiger and Jack to win the NCAAs and the USAM and the US Open. So Bryson decided those sanctions didn't include the sport. Just a sport. I think it was a football sanction. Yeah, it was because of football, I think. It was a- So they hit the whole school with it. So they couldn't participate in any, like, postseason activities, like bowl games for football, et cetera. So that basically excluded him from playing the NCAA tournament, which he usually competed, I think, as an individual. They didn't have that good of a right. team. So when they got hit with the sanctions, he said, I'm just going to turn pro. So he did. He turned pro, and he was successful. At the time, I knew he was into the whole, like, one-length club, whatever. Did I think it was quirky? Yeah, I just, it's not for me. It's not, if that's that's your way, that's whatever. Here's where I found I lost my, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say my, I'll call it hatred for lack of a better word. This is where I got pissed at Bryson. It started this year. Hatred's a good word for it. Okay. From you. <laughs> it started this year. I mean, I've always been one to say that he's not, a good chipper of the golf ball. He really isn't. And, and I think that he has actually shown that. That's not me just saying, oh, he's a terrible chipper. I mean, we've seen that. The guy was, a, I don't know, what he, he was like a 110th on tour last year from 100 yards and in, which is terrible for a guy who's that far. It doesn't really, you would think that wouldn't complement like his, what he's trying to accomplish. He is a terrible chipper and he still is. He just had a very solid week around the greens. Um, My hatred comes from, a couple of things. I got tired of the media shoving it down our throat that he put on 40 pounds. And that's why he's in there farther. On top of that is the lack of knowledge from most people in the media seeing this guy put on 40 pounds of muscle. First of all, it's, it's impossible to put on 40 pounds of muscle in six months. Can I stop you real quick? Yeah. Steven Stamkos just scored. First game in 200 days. Damn, it's 2 nothing, dude. I got the under. <laughs> <clears throat> so it is impossible to put on that much muscle. He put on mass. He didn't put on muscle. So people need to stop. That's what was really getting to me. I'm like, unless he's got a needle in his ass, he's not putting on 40 pounds of muscle. That's impossible. And I'm just, I got tired of hearing about it because there's so many other guys on tour who hit it just as far as him or could hit it further if they had his setup, you know, five degree driver, et cetera. The Cameron Champs, Tony Finau's, Dustin Johnson's, Rory, Matt Wolf. You know, we hear, like you said, Sunday, we're sitting there watching it, got on the first tee, and Matt Wolf hits it 25 yards past him, yes, and they don't say a they word. didn't mention anything about it. I mean, just pissed on it. So I got tired of that. I just got tired of hearing about it all the time. But here's my tipping point. If that's your way, that's your way. My tipping point with Bryson was uh, the bullshit he pulled in Detroit with the cameraman, where he basically belittled the guy for doing his job. And then the tantrum we all had to witness of him and the rules official after he hit it out of bounds. To me, those are things that make me just not care for you, or it makes me really hard to root for you. So as much as I thought he would, the way he chipped, he couldn't win a major, I think more so I hoped he never would because of the way, who he was. And I'm going to throw Patrick Reed in that category. Patrick Reed is a great player. I'll never just, never not acknowledge that, but at the same time, you don't like to see Patrick win because of who he is and the shit he's pulled. That's where this comes from. So credit to Bryson for winning the U.S. Open. That's not easy. Uh, but I'm going to get into some statistics for you guys and some things you guys might not have or you may have heard. We all made our decisions based on 
winning score, who would win, how the Open would play, how that course played based off prior championships at Wingfoot. Uh, social media that week, pictures, video we'd seen of people throwing balls in a rough. They cut the rough Tuesday night. Yep. And I read, I listened to a <laughs> short clip of an interview from Ricky Fowler's caddy who said, we played Tuesday, and if you hit it in the rough, if you're in that long rough, he goes, it was, we had just basically come to terms with if you hit it there, there was an extremely high chance you were going to get a terrible eye and you were just chopping it out and trying to advance it. That was not the case Wednesday. He said they cut just enough that it was the total opposite of that. I don't know about you guys. I watched a ton of coverage Yeah. Thursday, Friday. That course did not play like a U.S. Open. I watched guys hit balls out of the rough that not only would land on the green and spin and stop, I watched a guy back one up to a tucked pin. That course, I mean, it's. I think it would play different in June. I was going to say, I think that was a big key that they were a little softer being in September yes. than they would have been in June or July. You're right. I think things would have been faster. I'm very curious of how that course would have played had they not gone out and cut the rough. Yeah. Sounds like, I mean, they, didn't, they said they didn't cut a, a ton, but it's grass. Like, they cut just enough where he said it was the difference of getting a ball, a club and a ball and not getting a ball was whatever they cut off the rough, top of that rough. Yeah, and there was only I, there was only 11 guys that hit over 50, 50% or more of fairways, which is crazy. So that's maybe we're getting to this. That's the stat that jumps out to me the most is Bryson hit 23 of 56 fairways, which is by far the fewest fairways hit by a U.S. Open winner ever. I think Trevino, he basically surpassed Trevino. Yeah. Had hit 27 one year. I think so, yeah. And then it was Tiger I, twice, 30, I believe, right? at 30 and 31. Yeah. So he by far hit the fewest fairways out of any U.S. Open champion, which further supports that the rough – was not as advertised early in the week and probably wasn't as bad as it typically is in a U.S. Open. Yeah, and you and you think and you say that, and obviously we're talking about Bryson, but even Matt Wolf on Saturday shot five under and hit one fairway all day. Yeah, I mean, That's going into Sunday, Matt had only hit 12. Bryson had hit... Yeah, I think I think Matt... 17. I think, yeah, I think Wolf only ended up with like 16 or 17 for the week. Yeah. It, so... I mean, it was basically proof in the pudding that... My prediction he would never win the Open was based off what I normally see out of a U.S. Open. And I think I, the consensus here is if I would have told any of you Wednesday night last week when we did our podcast that the person winning the U.S. Open would only hit 23 fairways, you would have told me I was crazy. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I, had, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I pretty much said that I thought we would see, because the rough was advertised as being so long, we yeah. saw them putting – you know, those Arnold Palmer cans that are this tall and it disappearing in the rough yeah. that I thought we'd see a lot of guys hitting two and three irons off the tee in order to keep them in play. And that's yeah. how the winner would have to play the course. I also heard there was a uh, not-so-pleasant meeting Thursday night between the USGA yeah. and the grounds supervisors, yeah. the four of them. Yes, yeah. And, yeah, and you could see a difference from just Friday or Thursday to Friday I, in scoring. Yeah, and I – there was some speculation that they did that for pace of play Thursday, Friday. That it was right. a, little, a little softer because they didn't want guys out there forever. Yeah. That's one thing I don't care about in a major. Yeah. I don't care if it's a little bit slower. Well, uh, I, th I think they said they were worried about it because of daylight. They, that, and was that's, their, that was their biggest issue was being able to get I heard it, it was daylight, but I still think there's the superintendents have that little bit of pride 
And whatever they did to cut that rough, apparently Tuesday. I just learned this yesterday, that they cut that rough. Had to have been Tuesday night or early right. Wednesday morning before yeah. I got out there. It was enough to, you know, make it less gnarly. I mean, I, I saw a guy, I can't remember his name. I mean, he was right, short-sighted, about 140 yards out. He hit a, an iron, and they couldn't see his shoes, couldn't see the ball. Took a whack at it, took two hops, spun back three feet. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I mean, he was in five inches of rough. Why is this isn't the U.S. Open? So, yeah. <clears throat> no, I will not apologize to Bryson because, I mean, I'm going to give him props. He won the U.S. Open. You, you can't, I mean, I'll, I'll never take that away from him. My disdain for him is his attitude and who he is as a person on the course. He might be the coolest guy in the world off the course. Right. But we see him on the course and the, the bullshit we, that he does. And it's, to me, that's yeah. not acceptable. Yeah. It's hard to root for a guy like that. Yeah. I'm going to pretty much, I think, very well said by you. I'm going to pretty much agree with everything you said. I, I think, I I don't know when this was, earlier this spring, when the restart happened or whatever, we talked about Bryson. We've talked about him a few episodes now. Um, I said that I thought his this newfound playing style of putting on this weight, swinging out of your shoes, would probably find him a few wins this year. Yep. I did say that. Yes, you did. I clearly said that I didn't think he would win a major. So, again, I'll eat crow on that. He he did. So, credit to him for that. But I think it's the it's the antics that you've already mentioned with the rules officials, you know, the fire ant incident. His interviews are just so awkward that because I think he comes off with this egotistical I'm smarter than everyone. Why is everyone else not playing golf the way I'm playing it? Yeah. Kind of. I agree with that. It rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. So did I say he wouldn't, would not win a major? Yes, I did. So I was, whatever, I was wrong about that. But I still think the guy's an asshat and a bad personality to watch on TV. I agree. And the, the distance thing, like you said, it, it gets annoying because does he hit the shit out of the ball? Yes, he does. But, Again, on Sunday, he was paired with Matt Wolf. Matt Wolf outdrove him on at least half the holes. They didn't mention that. But when Bryson outdrove Wolf on certain holes, it was like an amazing feat. Bryson was seventh in driving distance this week at uh, 325.6 yards. That was for all four rounds average. DJ was number one. Matt Wolf was number two. They were both in the 333 yards. So the guy was seventh in the field. It's not like he's... First in driving distance in the tournament with a 20-yard gap between him and second, which is the way that they're they're making it sound. Like he's playing golf, driving the ball 360, and the next closest guy's hitting at 330. And it's just not the case. And so it, if it's it's not factual what they're saying to us. That's what's irritating. Does he hit the ball a long way? Yes, he does. But so did 30 other guys in the field. If I was so, him, I'd be a little pissed off that they're not talking about well, he won't be pissed off about this because we've all seen the clips of him pre-round. Just like you said earlier, you guys said I'd love to see his trackman numbers and like just to, just to see it for his other clubs. But he just every time they clip to the range, it's him hitting driver, just That's swinging out of his shoes every every time, time and then checking his tra- every shot he goes over the trackman wherever your flight scope he's got set up. I'm pretty sure you can check that on the trackman site. A lot of the PJ pros are on there. I think you can check all their clubs. I wouldn't doubt <laughs> all it. Day. The one thing that really stuck out to me when I was watching him hit range balls that like the live from the range, you know, they did that right beforehand, is uh, we used to hear about it a lot, but the stack and tilt golf swing. 
we know doesn't work out long term. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It creates a two way miss. Yeah. Go watch Bryson DeChambeau swing. Stacks everything over that front side with that those awkward ass arms of his. Picks it straight up vertical in the air and tilts right through. He stacks it and tilts it. He might call it some other scientific method, but it's just a revised stack and tilt. No, you're right. It won't pan out long term. And like and I was maybe gonna, maybe I'll end up putting my foot in my mouth by saying that, but he will either make a major swing change, or it won't pan out long term. Or he's going to get hurt. That's my prediction. That too. He's going to end up with a serious injury because of the way he's playing the game, especially the amount of time amount of time he spends on the range just pounding balls. Yeah, I would say it'd be a hip injury if I had to. I'm going or a knee. I'm going lower back or knee. I, I I'm not going to take away the guy's work ethic. I mean. Uh, Barry texted me and said, you got it. You know, he did it his way. Well, sure. So did Mike Weir. Mike Weir laid up on purpose in the masters that year and won the masters. Mm -hmm. He laid up on every par five on purpose. So I guess you could call that Mike's Weir's way, but I just, my disdain is the, the bullshit that gets shoved on our throat. And then he just kind of feeds into it like a child and as a person. So no, I will not apologize if, if, and there were by chance you were to hear this, there's, or any of our episodes i still wouldn't apologize to him in person uh i would probably tell him that i think he's an asshole on the golf course you might be the coolest guy off the golf course but you got to clean it up on the golf course if you're going to be a professional the key word there being a professional and he's yeah. not yeah so uh, I, didn't, I didn't i didn't watch any sunday because it was my anniversary and we went to casino and stuff and i was watching football so i didn't watch any coverage sunday at all but i so i didn't see his apparently his press conference after he like thanked 300 sponsors or something mm -hmm. but i was listening to a podcast this morning and that's how they opened their podcast they literally thanked like 500 things it must have been like whatever was sitting on the table in front of them i turn a channel <laughs> yeah but and even so i don't i don't know if you guys saw the barstool interview with them after he's out in denver testing a 48 inch driver yeah right now. i i heard he was going to be te testing with uh so cobra or something yeah like so he's he's testing a driver right now but and we'll get in. We'll, we can get in this later. But during the Tiger match yesterday, Rose must have an extra long driver as well. I don't know how long it is because Tiger Tiger was asking him, "Do you have to stand further up, further back?" He was like asking him a ton of questions. So I don't know if Rose uses a longer driver than most guys do as well. It's possible. I mean, some guys. I don't do know if like he, an inch long. Yeah, I didn't know if he like felt like he lost distance. So if he, a lot of guys but, use an inch shorter. When you look at trackman numbers, one they inch do. off has almost no effect on right. the total do distance. Do for control. Rose is pretty tall guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the way Tiger was talking to it, it sounded like maybe Rose uses a, a longer driver than most guys do. But if I was Bryson, I'd be disappointed. I'd be standing in the media center saying, how come nobody's talking about my putting? He was, what, third? Third he was, or 18th in putting this week. but He was first in strokes gain. I had him 11th in putting, but based off the U.S. Open Stats website, but. And he only had three three putts. His proximity to the hole was, on average, 43 feet. So, to me, that just shows you you could bomb it down there, gouge it out onto the green, and you had to take your chances with your putter. Yeah. You got to hit in the right spots with your putter. And That's what I – and I noticed on Sunday when we were watching, all those five to eight footers, he made them. Yeah. And Wolf didn't. And that was the difference in that mm -hmm. entire day. Wolf, Wolf didn't play good. No, he didn't. And I, I said that a couple times while we were watching that – Right. Yes, Bryson played solid Sunday. Sunday was pretty much the only day I watched, but everybody else made it easy on him. I mean, you figure Wolf, Wolf only had to shoot one under 
on Sunday to tie. So he they. Um, this sounds like I'm discrediting Bryson, which we usually do, but these guys kind of made it easy on him. Yeah, he, they, I, nobody put pressure on him. He for sure. Yeah, and yeah, he for sure probably just. I'm, he probably played different at some point. Like, oh, I got a five shot lead. Right. I talked to Matt James on the phone today, and we were talking about it. And he said, "I felt like I sat there the entire time, just waiting for that one shot." He said because of his play style. Like, I didn't think he'd win the U.S. Open either, and like, he's just pounded it. I think the stat stood out to me for him all week that was crazy because I'm like, this is clearly not U.S. Open esque. Is Saturday? I didn't want. We didn't watch any of it. He hit three fairways on Saturday. Yeah. Three. And he shot even par. That's what I say. It was like that Thursday and Friday was a huge difference. And then Friday or Saturday I, to Sunday was a huge difference. I thought I heard. So obviously I said 23 out of 56 for the tournament. I thought they said he hit four of his last 21. So most of his fairways hit had to have been Thursday and Friday. And then he just like stopped. Yeah, he hit them. seven each day. Right. Thursday, Friday at seven. So each there's day. 14 of the 23 right there. So he hit, yeah, he hit three fairways on Saturday. That's. And you, you shot even par at the open. Like right. most most years you go out and you shot you shot even par, you probably hit eight or nine fairways. Yeah, and he yeah, he was like you said, he was forty one percent fairways hit, and that was probably like top thirty percent in the field. I mean, that's crazy. He was twenty fifth, I think, in fairways or somewhere right around yeah, there. That that's crazy that that low of a number, but then obviously So I looked up the driving accuracy numbers. Uh there was only two people, I think I looked at the top 10, top 15 maybe, top 10 or top 15, only two people on that list in driving accuracy for the week finished in the actual top 10 of the tournament, and that was Rory and Harris English. Another thing that stands out that just shows that dr- driving the ball was not a premium, which is typical of the U.S. Open. Right. And after stewing on this for days, then it was last night I learned that they cut the rough, which I thought they weren't going to do. I mean, that was that was what I heard, you know, yep. Tuesday last week. So yep. uh, clearly, that made big just enough difference. <clears throat> so, and uh, Phil brought up a good point. I mean, you can't change it; it's Wingfoot. But he said the other reason that what benefited Bryson with hitting it so far down there, and even him not being accurate, there's nothing in front of those greens that protects them from running the ball up. Yeah, and that's so that's what I was going to mention is. It's so easy to run those up. So obviously, his we know how much he calculates stuff. It probably really benefit benefited him knowing I can land this twenty ten to twenty yards short, and it's going to roll up, and I'm going to be fine. And he probably just calculated that better than most guys did. He know? did shank one Friday. Did he? Cold shank. He was in the rough. He tried taking a cut at it, and typical like took a jab at it. It came out dead right, and he got lucky. This thing was rattling. I mean, it, this thing was dead right. If there was anybody in the gallery, they probably would have shit their pants when that thing hit the trees. <laughs> this thing hit, like, all these trees. Cameraman lost, and the next thing you know, he was in, like, he was three feet off the fairway in that, like, first cut. And I'm like, wow, what a break that was. Of course, he hits it, shanks it, and he's looking at his yardage book like he read something wrong. I'm like, no, you shanked it. It's, yeah. yeah. So, so no, no apology out of me. Yeah. Still, I mean... Yeah. I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. I mean, he won the U.S. Open, and yeah, yeah he said he wasn't going to win a major, and he did, so yep. it's whatever, but. Same here. So I what, just, what I just still your, think the guy's an asset. Let's what were your final thoughts, I guess, of the U.S. Open? Was it what you wanted it to be? I mean, for me, like, whether you like the setup of it or not, 
the way the golf course changed over the weekend. I know you, you thought it played a lot easier than than the U.S. Open should have. And I so, agree, Thursday and Friday, you should not be seeing guys backing up shots out of five-inch rough. just doesn't doesn't make sense in my brain at all. Also glad you brought but, that up because I thought Bryson got the good end of the draw. The course play. tee times, you mean? Yes. That was that was definitely the better end of the draw. He, uh, yes, because we played golf Friday afternoon. So the difference there was everyone, it was pretty easy for everybody. Easier, I'd say, Thursday. And then Friday they went out. He played at 7.30 Friday. The course was still had moisture on it, played soft. Greens had moisture in them. The wind blew like five to eight miles an hour. And by the time I left here, the wind, he was done. That's when Justin Thomas and the guys who played well on Thursday went out and the wind blew upwards of 15 to 20 miles an hour. And that's what, yeah, they talked about that is, I mean, the wind blew Thursday afternoon as well, but the pins were much more gettable Thursday afternoon than they were. I thought a lot of pins looked like they were really gettable. I mean, you. A lot of bowls they were putting them in. There were a lot of times where if they were behind the green and towers and they would pan down where you couldn't see a lot of the landscape. You could have told me that that was five different holes on the golf course because they all sit in weird little bowls, like a bunker short-sided with a bowl and a pin sitting in that bowl. Seemed like was on almost every green. You'd see the guys hitting it 10 yards long and letting it dribble around and roll right back towards the cup. Where What's yeah. that bunker even there for if you can hit it 10 yards past yeah. the flag stick and let it roll back towards? It's kind of like the, the 18th hole, the last hole of the tournament was kind of a prime example of that. He pretty much had it won already at that point, but he hit that tee shot into the right rough. The pin was front right, kind yeah. of tucked. And you think of the U.S. Open rough, you can't go at that pin. But he was able to just throw this thing way back left, almost to the fringe, and it rolls down to like four feet or something. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of guys were doing that. I mean, yeah. visually from the fairway – I bet you that pin does look tough because that right side of that green at wing foot, it looked like that pin was probably just, you could probably barely see it. But when you know you can just, like you said, you don't really have to try to hit it a number. Yeah. You've got a 10-yard window, 15-yard window. It takes win- all the hazards out of play because you don't have to worry about, well, i got to force carry a 170 because you can hit it 171 or you could hit it 190. You can That's hit it in come that back. whole window, and yeah. it's just going to wrap up and around. I mean, it was probably harder to hit at those pins on Thursday and Friday when it was firm because if you hit it up on that tier, it might just sit and stick. Whereas by the time we saw Sunday, they had turned on the sub air under the greens yeah. where you know it's not going to stick. And you can get at those tucked pins easier on those firm greens, it almost seems like. yeah. I mean, for me, it lived up to what it it should be as a U.S. Open. We saw, we saw Patrick lead at one point. We saw Wolf lead at one point. Then we saw Bryson sort of run away with it, if you will, even though I'd consider it more the field running away from him in the wrong direction. Yeah. If any tournament where you see the leaderboard shifting like that, it's hard to say it was a bad tournament, no matter what the setup looked like. I think they did a really good job of showing both sides of what wing foot can be. Because we did see some guys start to go deep those first two days, and you thought, oh, I can't, couldn't have told you what the winning score would have been. I would have said it had been more than 10 under par Friday afternoon. Then cut to Sunday afternoon. There's one guy under par, which was more what I thought we were going to see. Yeah. I really, I mean, I really, I truly believe that no one was going to finish under par. I didn't, yeah. and that was based off previous opens. There, it was based off things we'd seen, heard, read all week. And then what we didn't hear last week was, oh yeah, we cut the rough. That was clearly game changing in that tournament. Clearly, 
It's weird to do it on a Tuesday night, too, when you've had guys playing uh, practice rounds, and then it's just like, oh, here we go. We're going to make the course completely different. I, I don't know. It's It really depends on what those meet, what's going on in those meetings between the USGA and... Clearly nothing good if Mike Davis decided he was done. Yeah, Mike Davis is done. I don't know if you guys I like. That. I always love yes. the way that the, the PR people, if it was a PR person, they, the way they frame up the the resignation, saying, well, he's going to explore the private sector and go build golf courses. Yeah. I kind of find that hard to believe that he wasn't more pushed out at this point. I mean, it well, seems he's, like he's there line. for another year, though. It's through 2021, so he's got another year, well, I guess. So... I mean, but it's still him. Whenever you hear it's about still him, him announcing always, resignation the day after the U.S. Open, yeah, but whenever you hear about him, it's always someone complaining and him trying to answer those complaints. Was it me last week that literally sat here and said mm-hmm. Mike Davis is a moron and should be at the USGA? Like, I watched their press conference last Tuesday. I'm like Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm like these guys are idiots. Yeah, I think your and words do, were like, "Who cares about what these guys?" I have, I don't. Yeah. It's just like they wanted their moment in the spotlight and. He is the reason that Shinnecock was lost twice during the middle of the U.S. Open. So, just terrible. He's not. I mean, he's not good. I don't understand why he gets so much praise. I don't. And no, I don't want to play any of your golf courses if that's how you set up U.S. Opens. I just don't. But anyway, I digress. Final thoughts on U.S. Open, gentlemen. Yeah. There is a. I can't get excited about it because Bryson won. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of him. <laughs> So, so uh, the good news is the next two majors will be played at Augusta. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. We are less than, I think, 50 days, 48-ish. Sounds good to me. To November. Can't be far. Yeah, it's like 48 days. I'm curious how he's going to play there. Like, what's what's your going to be your strategy there? Yeah, I saw somebody at, they might ask Colton Oost what, what, what he thought Bryson would do. He said on the back nine. He'll hit driver every hole, except maybe 10. There's the only hole he probably won't. There's, there's no, no reason not to. at Augusta. Well, he's like, there's no reason not to hit driver on that on that back nine the whole time. So, yeah. I mean, there's no Again, rough, just, and then there's pine straw everywhere. Yeah. So if you're a shot shaper, what can you really do to get yourself in that much trouble? Right. I mean, we know that you can get yourself in trouble for sure easily at Augusta, right. but there's no rough, and everything that's off the grass is pine straw. <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean, not like an open course where right. you can get yourself in three foot deep fescue or what yeah. we hope to see this week where you can get yourself in six inch rough. So I'm gonna go back to his chipping. True. I was just like chipping and putting's key. At I mean, Augusta. He, he, he's putting great. Um, it's if you miss it in the wrong spots at Augusta, it's chipping. You you have to use some. I felt like this week his chipping didn't. I'm not gonna say get tested. But I never saw him where he had to hit some sort of manufactured chip outside of the basic, like, I'm just going to chop it out onto the green. I didn't see anything other than that. Uh, you could get to Augusta and you got to, like, be severely short-sided and you, just, you have to, like, have some touch. You can't throw it 40 feet past the hole and let it come back six feet. And he's only played, I think, last year was his first Masters. I think so. I believe. Would, um, he would have qualified by winning the U.S. Oh, yeah, so the US, US, Sam, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think he gave up that exemption either by turning pro. I think he waited and played in it. I would. I mean, he'd be stupid to give it up. So, I mean, I think we'd all putt pretty well if we took 10 minutes to read every single putt, no matter if they're five feet. Or, it's just, you can talk about him all you want, hitting it far. He's the scientist, whatever you want to say. Yeah. 
it's hard for me to endorse him as being good for golf when people watch paint dry, basically. Like, if there's anything that golf there's, there's needs, it's the guy, pace of play. Right. But there's one guy right now I feel like that's even worse on the greens than him is Dustin. Dude, he takes he's, – he's very quick getting to the green, but around the – if you watch him now, dude, it's forever. On the greens, I'm fine with that if that's where you take your time. Right, and that, that's what they said. He's he's probably playing average speed, but on the greens, he is slower than hell. Yeah, if yeah. that's where you want to take your time. I'm fine with that. It's just yeah, not to beat a dead horse or anything, but I remember seeing many times. I've even walked a course with Bryson playing, and if he's got like 65 yards to the green, you bet your ass he's walking 65 yards to the green, and then walking all the way back, then doing all of his calculations, then hitting a shot, and it's like. There was Can you some imagine com- if we all did that? Uh, there's some conversation that people wonder if that got to Matt Wolf on Sunday. There were a few time, times talking about the the amount of time Bryson takes to putt. There were a few times where they showed Matt Wolf where he had hold the ball first, and then he was practically standing on the other tee box waiting because it was one of those things where, you know, out of courtesy you stand watch for a second, and then you maybe go to the fringe, hand your putter to your caddy. And there were a few times where he went through those routines, and next thing you know, Matt Wolf's already like, practically on the next tee box, and Bryson's still lining his putt up. I hadn't really thought of that component, but I'm sure you've encountered it playing competitive golf. You get with that guy that's playing mm-hmm. at that pace. In yeah. a, a, it's mentally draining. B, it's frustrating as hell because you're trying to set up a tempo, a pace of play. When, it's just like when you're playing casually and you run up on a foursome ahead of you, and all of a sudden that momentum that you have is gone. Yeah. Except you're trying to do it all day for five hours yeah, yeah. with someone. Yeah. I don't think I've – I can't think of anything that stands out me personally like being paired with somebody. But I've definitely been in tournaments where I've been behind somebody. It's like you got to try to find a way to slow yourself down do something. But yes. <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on. I'm sick yeah. of talking about them. Same. <laughs> uh, football week two. Yes, sir. Um, what do you guys think? Um – well, the Bills are two and zero. I'll take that. Bills are two and zero, and Josh Allen leads the NFL in passing. Yep. Yeah, we're still not talking about it on ESPN. But I don't know if you saw Twitter earlier. They had uh, Dan Orlovsky was on ESPN, and he was talking about they were talking about the games this weekend. Orlovsky said the Bills will beat the Rams, and Josh Allen will continue to throw his name in the hat for MVP. So I tweeted Orlovsky and I said. He doesn't know it, but he's really part of Bill's Mafia. And it went to commercial. He liked a tweet. <laughs> so he's, I'm, that's the only guy in ESPN I'm giving credit because Josh Allen goes out and throws for, I'm, yeah, we're all Bill's fans, but Josh goes out and throws for 400 and some yards, five, was it five touchdowns, four touchdowns, five, four. Four, four touchdowns. Four. And you turn on ESPN and like, there's, it's, just, it's crickets. They're talking about, you know how you know the, the Cowboys game or whatever. I'm like, I'm I'm boy. fine with it. If they just fly under the radar again. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, it helps my helps my bank account because when I go to the sports <laughs> book. So thank you. Yeah, except they let the fucking Dolphins that last touchdown. That's yeah. the only. That's the only issue I mentioned to you Sunday when we were watching is both weeks they've had really strong first halves and then they if they could just get a touchdown or two in the second half and kind of pull away and make the game easy, but they haven't done that either week. Yeah. Nice to see that happen. And uh, hopefully Milano and Edmonds are back this week because that's really hurt them the first two weeks. Yes. They don't need him. I don't think they – I mean, obviously they're a big help if they're there, but I don't think they need them this week, but certainly against the Raiders and Jacobs. 
they certainly need them in the lineup next week. Where it hurt, where it hurt them is, uh, what's his face from Miami at tight end at a big day? Just like he had, yeah, yeah. It's because most of the time Tre'Davious White had to guard him. There's a size difference there. You can just oh, body yeah. him and just catch the ball. And that's where your linebackers come in. So, uh, I have not heard anything. If I had to yeah, guess, they, I'd say they, they were they practiced today. Did they limited? So I feel like Milano's had that lingering hamstring injury. He's always had a little bit, but yeah. I don't even want to talk about injuries this week. So it Holy injuries were the, the theme of the week. <laughs> it was nonstop. It's I sent that in the group chat, right? That list. Yeah, yeah. Almost an entire octopus <laughs> worth of ACL injuries. It might have actually been because somebody got hurt Monday night. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone got hurt and it didn't look good. It looked like a knee. I didn't see the official injury report. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was one of Seattle's uh, defensive backs. Yeah. Safeties. So. I, I, I was waiting for them to say it on TV, and I didn't because I was I would re, I would definitely dispute it. But uh, injuries based because there was no preseason, which to me wouldn't make any sense. If anything, there should be less injuries because you didn't have a preseason. You should be healthier. And yeah, I don't buy into anything injuries being related to preseason or not. Personally, I don't know. And a lot of those ACLs are these guys are still working out. Yeah, yep. going through practice and. I don't quite buy into that. Yeah, I don't either. Um, the big one, though, is San Francisco. That's scary. And if you're San Fran, yes. they're going back Sunday. They play the Giants in the same stadium. Right. So they beat the Jets. Apparently they went to West Virginia, which is kind of odd. Uh, they've been there all week, and they go back and play the uh, the Giants in the stadium. Apparently they complained about the turf. Oh, really? Said it was, so the turf was installed this summer, and they said it was sticky. Is what they said. And they, the Giants play home week one? Is that, they played Pittsburgh. They played against Pittsburgh in New York, right? Yes. I think so. I mean, Garoppolo's injury was someone rolling up on his ankle when he was tackled. To me, that's not turf related. I thought one of the other major injuries they had was a shoulder or something. Yeah, I forget what most are. I don't know what he was. Bosa tore an ACL. Bosa. Yeah. So, and even like, uh, the running back there, Moser, whatever his name yeah. is. Uh, I didn't think he had – his wasn't a leg, though. Whereas it was a knee. It was a mild knee sprain. But, it's like, the same thing. He wasn't, like, running. It looked like someone kind of, like, leaned yeah. into him. Yeah. So They said they did complain about the turf, but – That sounds very princess in the pee-ish to me. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you win 31 to 6 or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. I would stay away from San Fran for the next couple of weeks, <laughs> buddy, if I were you guys. Quick advice. What do you think of the Raiders-Saints game? Did you watch that Monday night? Yeah, my uh, my leather Cheerio was puckering. <laughs> I had the over in that game. So, did, so did I. The, va- the Raiders were just chewing the shit out of the clock. And finally they, re- <laughs> finally they scored, luckily, which got Drew Brees back in the field. Which, by the way, I'll, I want your guys' opinion on this. Uh, Drew Brees didn't look that good, and he hasn't. They beat Tampa, but, but he didn't look that great. In- so I wasn't surprised. I'll start with the ears. I was not surprised with it because Mike Thomas was out. Mm-hmm. That's a huge loss for them. He's out till mid October. And they don't have, besides that, they've got third on the depth chart wide receivers. You know, they don't have anybody else that can step up and play that top receiver. Emmanuel Sanders. So, yeah, five years ago. He did but, all right in San Fran. Yeah, 
But yeah, I think I think Mike Thomas being out, so I don't think the game surprised me. Um, I feel like Breeze's timing just looks off. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's not. He didn't I think look it's sharp. Time. Yeah, I think it's just the timing looks off. And the best he looked was in the last drive when they went down and scored. Right. That's the best he looked. I mean, he threw for less than 200 yards in week one. The only reason they were over 200 yards as a team is um, Taysom Hill came in and threw a pass. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I it's. I can tell you that I've been I've been working all day on the the picks, and it's been kind of difficult. I mean, if you do if you dig into some stuff, it's, it makes a little more sense. It's easier to figure out, but. Injury wise, it kind of eliminates some teams. Like I don't, I'm not going to touch the Giants, even though they did sign Devontae Freeman, which they said he's probably going to play Sunday. Uh, I'm trying to think about. I mean, Carolina, yeah, Carolina one touch. He's out for at least three weeks. Yeah. So, going back to the Saints, the Michael Thomas thing, they asked if he was going to play this week, and they kind of gave a generic. We're going to have to see where he is. So they think his injury is actually much worse than they're leading it to believe. I. Saw that he's listed mid October return. Oh really? So did they, did they, they initially put, said week they they initially said like day to day when he uh, got injured. No, I saw like six week. to eight weeks on him or something. Okay. Is he? Did they put him officially on the IR? I don't know that. Yeah, they no, could I because I think, the I, up, I think the IR is Sorry, only. What, what you want me to look is Michael Thomas on the official weeks. IR list? Yeah, because I think the IR now is only like it's three weeks, three or four weeks, yeah. three weeks, three weeks. Because that's what McCaffrey is at right now. He's the couple couple days after. When he got hurt, I, I saw six to eight weeks. Okay. Yeah, because so. initially I think I think Peyton said in his initial press conference early last week, he's probably not going to play this week, but we might see him the week after. So yeah. that, that'll that definitely hurt them because they play the Packers, I think, this Sunday night so or Monday night maybe, whatever it is. Prime so time. They've got Trey Hendricks, and in, in, in they think that he'll be out for three weeks. Who? Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is out. Trey still, Hendrickson oh, is in. He's still listed as three weeks. So I'm, I'm looking at the ESPN app. Right now they have him as of today at 5 o'clock. He's given two to four week timetable to return. So I don't think he's actually on the IR. So basically like all NFL injuries, it's extremely secretive. Mixed bag number of weeks and we won't know until he's on the field. Hi. The day before or the yeah. day of, yeah. High ankle sprain. Yeah, which those are the worst. That's what they have listed. So, yeah. I, I, there's some injuries I'll never understand in sports. I get football is extremely physical, but some of like the non-contact, like hamstring injuries and shit, I'll never understand. When you you have literally everything at your disposal, doctors, yeah, physical therapy, you got everything right there. I mean, you can show up three hours before the game and they'll stretch you if you want to. Do you, do you think there's there, there's definitely teams, and there's one I can think of that's had a lot of injuries in the past couple of years. How much of that's just on the trainers, or is it partially on the players? Not, you know, not doing something, or you know, whatever. But could I'm be a combination of both. Yeah, I think there because I think you've seen it a lot. Is guys have and I? I think a couple times in hockey we've seen there's a lot of injuries, and then next thing you know they got a new trainer the next year because. Yeah, I think that's probably a. Pass the blame, excuse kind of thing. I don't know. To me, ultimately, it ends up on the player's shoulders to make sure they're doing the right thing. Taking care of their body when no one's yeah. looking. At least we're not the Chargers doctors. <laughs> that were. Did we'll you get there? <laughs> well, yeah. 
I was going to say, well, you asked about football in general. I've got some stats and whatnot, but maybe we got to wait till our stars and duds of the week. <laughs> I mean, I'm ex- I'm at six strikeouts, by the way, boys. Nice. Six what inning are they in? Uh, they are in the sixth, fifth inning. Kyle needs seven strikeouts from Evaldi tonight. How many pitches is he at? It's just 63. Oh, nice. Plenty of time. Yeah. Um. No, it's I was worried he'd gas himself out before he got there. Oh, that's what you score this hockey game. Two one. Two to one. Uh, let's keep it that way. End of the first. Yeah. Um no, it's fun having football back for crying out loud. I mean I had two TVs in the living room this weekend because I was trying to watch US Open <laughs> and and football. You were in such a wonderful mood too. Don't act like you were in a good mood because Bryson was in the US Open. <laughs> As per usual, I was falling asleep in your recliner most of the day. Yeah. So it's all right. That's what it's there for. Did he have to go to work after or no? No. Um, I actually worked beforehand. And re- a, a real real people. Real work. <laughs> actual work. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad football's back. Bills look good. I think they have a tough one this week. They if they can get at least Edmonds. couple weeks. Yeah, if they can get at least Edmonds back this week to help, uh, that will help with the run game and force Goff to make some throws in the secondary he probably doesn't want to deal with. Yeah. It's, and, obviously, it will be – Luckily for the Bills, they've got three good receivers. I'll throw Davis in there, I guess, four. But having, obviously, Ramsey back there will be tough. It'll be, it'll be tougher on Allen. But that's the so. that's the best part is before, Buffalo didn't have that many receivers. So you have Ramsey guarding a mid, mid-tier receiver. So now you got Ramsey guarding Diggs, which is that's a good matchup. But who's going to take care of Beasley? Brown. Brown and all those guys. Knox Knox is I assume Knox will still be out this week, but I heard he's playing. Oh really? He's he I, didn't practice. He says he's still in protocol. I thought I, thought I saw I thought they said to the ESPN that injury he, was, chart. he was playing, but I mean he could definitely be off the concussion protocol by then, but I think he's gotta be in the, I think today was the last day he had to be in protocol, so that, Oh, it's coming be. seven strikeout. What's up, boys? Come on. Give me some. Yep. What does that pay out? Don't worry about it. <laughs> what were the okay? What were the odds without telling you? Plus five fifty. Yeah, it's a good bet. It's a really good bet. <laughs> I'm well aware you're looking at me. They've like, got. I don't know what that they've means. they've always got those boosts up there. There, if you can catch them at the yeah. right time. What's that? Plus five fifty. Keep them moving. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, speaking of bets, seven and three. So if you're not. Well, I'm. I need you to. I'm going, making a 15 minute drive on Friday, so I need to. <laughs> I could potentially be available. Um, picks will be ready. I'll have to do it. I mean, tomorrow's my anniversary. I already mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, seven and three so far in the first two weeks. I've even had a couple uh, risk that I've thrown out there, or not risk. Some of the avoids, like don't play this game, but if you do. Throw that this out week, there. This week's really tough. <clears throat> um, it is, but it isn't. As much time as I've spent on it today, I've realized that some of these injuries have just kind of narrowed it down to like, yeah, I'm not going to even look at that game. So uh, I have some good ones I think you're going to like. I have a lock for the week I can announce right now if you mm. guys want. Why not? I hope it's the same one I'm thinking of. You guys ready? Falcons minus three in Atlanta. Playing the Bears. Mm. That wasn't my thought. <laughs> but I like it. 
Look at that face over there. What's what do you have on your mind? Uh, I, I really like the Packers Saints over. That was the next one. The uh, over, yeah. Pa- pa- Packers as well, but I like the over. In the I game. like the Packers getting three. It's because I, um, I thought they were in New Orleans, right? They are, but so I, I, that's why I like the over in that. Oh, New Orleans scores. There. New Orleans scores a lot at home. What do you what do you turn your nose up about the Bears because they came back against the Lions? Is that like the problem no, I, over here? I don't know. I. I find it I don't interesting. Think that I find it interesting that you're talking about the Saints' offense after you just talked about they're screwed about Michael Thomas that, and Drew Brees doesn't. Saints' work. offense. <laughs> Derek Carr played well and his offensive line just crumbled over and over. It wasn't huh? like we're talking about the Saints, Saints, not the Raiders, not the Raiders. I know they just played each other. We just got to see that matchup. I know, yeah. but that was the Saints' defense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, oh, know, where, so, yeah. I don't know where he's going with that. <laughs> I guess my brain has melted over here, but we got to see both sides of that. Yeah, that yeah. game. Yeah, and I don't know that I agree with your analysis on any no, side of that. No, yeah. So I definitely, I don't like the Saints' offense much, but they seem to always score points at home, no matter who's playing. So and I think Kamara is much better on the turf than anything. So, and I haven't, I haven't watched the Packers much this year. I just know they put up like what's the over under on that? I don't have my book in front of me. It's over there. I thought it was. I thought I saw like fifty six or fifty eight. Ooh, that's steep. It's, it's a lot, really but the Packers have also been putting up like forty-three points. So yeah, but they've Green and the Saints' defense hasn't been. They've been okay. So yeah, I'll tell you the one I like is my. Uh, I'm not going to go through all these. I'll give you one more. My risk for the week, if you try to, if you're trying to make a little bit of cash, would be. Uh, to me, it wouldn't be that surprising. The Raiders getting six and a half. Against New England and New England. New England. I just feel like there's not a lot to home field advantage this year. No, there's not. Definitely not. I agree with that. So even even the even the stadiums that we've seen fans, it's not. Which, by the way, I was because I was, I was just going to say this, which reminded me. The Vegas looked pretty good versus the Saints. Yeah. Uh, they were like a five and a half point underdog. They ended up winning, and then. Cam Newton, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. But, yeah, they won, but, and they lost. They put up a lot of points to a uh, Seahawks defense, which I think is probably, like, middle of the road-ish this year. It's not as good as it's been in the past. And had few injuries in that game. Yes, early. Yeah. Game. early. So there was that. But you retweeted or liked something the other day I saw, and I'm like, that is absolutely true. Uh, Cam Newton. Throws for like 180, or he throws for less than 200 yards versus Miami. Runs for 75, mm-hmm. and mon- what what would he hear about Monday morning? MVP, MVP, man, he's back. Cam Newton's back. Josh Allen throws 400 yards, nothing. They was they just played the Dolphins. That was it. That's what that's what the response was. Yeah, but it was the Dolphins. <laughs> it's, there's it, there's it's a, just a, a shred of credit to what they said, but at the same time. What what credit? They played the same team. They played the same exact team back to back weeks. Week one, New England played. Oh, I I thought you were talking just week two. They were no, saying, no, no. Okay, okay. Yeah. I th- I thought you were saying the week same one, day they were talking. The Patriots. About. Okay, gotcha. Patriots played the Dolphins. Cam threw for less than two hundred yards. Ran for seventy five. The story on Monday was we got MVP Cam back. He broke the Patriots rushing record, which couldn't have been that hard. He had Brady there for how long? <laughs> right. And then, and then the next seventy five yards uh, was what broke. Yep. The- and then the next. For a quarterback. Yeah, and then this past week, the Bills play the Dolphins. Brady runs for, like, 50 yards a season. Yeah. 
But didn't you say a Patriots record? Yeah, but they yeah. they had Bledsoe before that. I mean, they haven't had running yeah. running quarterbacks. Only me, been around for like I know, but it's years. just crazy to think they didn't have one one game where Bledsoe <laughs> ran for seventy five yards. Just have you seen Bledsoe and Brady run? <laughs> have you seen Ben Roethlisberger take off for ten yards here and ten yards there? It, it could I, happen with that big bastard. Let alone someone more. A, athletic. He runs a lot better than those two do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. I think anybody can squeak out a good rushing game every once in a while. That's that's why it's impressive to say that that number was so low. Either way, that's those were his numbers he put up against Miami, and then this past week, Josh threw for four hundred plus yards and four touchdowns. And the response from mainstream media, ESPN, was, "Yeah, but it was the Dolphins. Same team." Yeah, I'm I'm fine with them being the underdog. I think that's just. I don't know. I think you're overthinking that. To me, that's just – the big headline this offseason was the whole Patriots quarterback situation. To me, right. that's all about what did Cam Newton do in game one with the Patriots. It's not really – you know. Max it's Kellerman not legitimate had... MVP talk after week one. It's right. just follow, well, you... following up on the offseason story. But Max Kellerman, he's so good at what he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's the mustache that Allen's got. <laughs> things that's that's not a mustache that's a molestache yeah he needs to shave that and cut his hair he looks like a you can't you can't right now 13 year old i want to know how long it took him to grow that and then at, at that point i'll give him a kitten some milk to lick it off because <laughs> there does look like there's a lot of like substance to that thing <laughs> all right let's move on to hockey your under bet is not looking good at the moment what yeah, three one so we're watching game three we are in the Stanley Cup Finals now, we should say. Dallas and Tampa. That is new since last week. Um, so, series is tied 1-1. One to one. This game, early in the second period, Tampa looks like they're dominating. So, they're up 3-1 to one in this game. Their captain, Steven Stamkos, who got the second goal. He's playing for the first time in like 200 days. He's been out with a very long-term injury. Um, Dallas is that team that... I keep betting against, and they just won't go away somehow. Yeah. I didn't think there was any way they'd get through Vegas in the conference finals. I didn't think there was any way they'd get through Colorado. They're they're not they making mistakes. Yeah, they're not making mistakes. Yeah. They're just playing very solid yeah. offensive side, defensive side. And when, it seems like when they score, they score like two or three in like a 10 or 15-minute span. But that's like all it takes them to, yeah. to get on the board. I've, so I admit I've been slacking him and watching a ton of hockey. I'm sorry, guys. I've definitely been watching. It's the Stanley Cup Finals. I have to watch. Um. So yeah, they're they're only in Game Three, so we'll have a big update on that next week. Is that could the series could be over by then? Yeah, I think the I think it will be right first time this weekend. The Stanley Cup will play back to back days, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, games four and five. Yep. And it was weird Monday night flipping my channels between. Monday Night Football and the Stanley Cup Finals. That has <laughs> right. to be the first time that's ever happened. So that was odd. Um, so that is what it is. We'll update the Cup Finals next week. But uh, the main thing, so this, we all know this whole offseason is just weird. Um, usually the NHL has a huge award show that happens in Las Vegas every year. Uh, I shouldn't say every year. I think for the last, like, five years it's it's been in Vegas. Before that it kind of jumped around the, but they usually do have a big formal award show. 
Uh, this year, they basically just announced the winners because you can't do can't do an award can't show. do anything in purpose er, in person. Excuse me. Uh, so there's a lot of awards in the NHL. The four major ones, in my opinion, the Hart Trophy, which is for the league MVP, that went to Leon Draisaitl uh, of the Edmonton Oilers, who also won the Ted Lindsay, I believe. Okay, what's the Ted Lindsay? It's the like top sports. I don't. I forget what exactly what it is, but I saw he won two awards that night. Can we look that up, Statman? Sorry, I'm looking at my own stats. What do you want me to look? Ted, Ted Lindsay Award. By your own stats, do you have like a talking about like a chick count or something <laughs> like that over there? Oh no, I was actually looking ahead at basketball. Sorry. Oh. Um, basketball. So Nathan McKinnon was his second in voting, and Artemi Panera was in third again for the Hart MVP. There were some rumblings on Twitter. People were upset. Somebody was upset that Jack Eichel got a few votes, which. When you're talking about MVP, the guy, your value to your team, there's probably nobody who's more valuable to their own team than Jack Eichel. That team might have won 10 games all year without him. Because the difference between him and the second best player, if you will, on the team, is that gap is probably bigger than any team in the NHL. It'd be like being pissed off that Mike Trout gets votes. Think about it. And Dreisaitl, obviously now there might be other talk, but he's not even the best player on that team. Correct. So somebody on Twitter mentioned that, that, Eichel shouldn't have gotten votes because they believe it's a, you know, the whether your team wins the playoffs factors in big time. But then technically, they were in the qualifying round, but technically the Oilers didn't make the playoffs because they lost the qualifying round and didn't get into the standard playoffs. The, yeah, they but were yeah, just in that. Yeah, so that kind of threw that argument out the window, in my opinion. So the Ted Lindsay is the, the MVP of the league voted by the players. So. Oh, okay. It's basically like, I don't know if we talked about it on air, how Justin Thomas got the player of the year, the points-based thing, but then <laughs> Dustin DJ Johnson. actually won player of the year. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. But in this case, case Dry Saddle won both. I think – so, Connor McDavid is the best player in hockey. He's the best player on the Oilers, therefore. He had a stretch where he was injured, like, right. I don't know, January or something. He was out for a few weeks, and Dry kind of took over, elevated his game and kept the Oilers winning while putting up monster points. And to me, that streak kind of won him the MVP. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So. It was it, – it was, it was, I, I wouldn't argue the decision of him winning it. So. He would He would have been my pick. Um, <coughs> uh, the Norris Trophy, that's for the top defenseman. That went to Roman Yossi in Nashville. Uh, John Carlson in Washington came in second. Victor Hedman, who we're seeing in Tampa, came in third. He scored the third goal. Hedman, Hedman to me is the best defenseman in, in hockey. You better not score anymore either. What What do you got? Five and a half. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Screwed. Especially when you you almost have to factor in an empty net goal at the end of these games or two. <sighs> Anyways, Such a vibe killer, Ross. I was all pumped about the seven strikeouts. So you're just like. <laughs> Uh, Vesna Trophy. Fuck your money. <laughs> <laughs> the Vesna Trophy for the top goal in the league. That went to Connor Hellebuck from Winnipeg. And the Calder Trophy, which is for Rookie of the Year. This was one people – you ask 10 different media people in the hockey world, you get 10 different answers. But Kale McCarr from uh, Colorado won that. He would have been my pick. A lot of people thought Quinn Hughes, who came in second, was a shoe in 
Uh, Dominic Kubalik came in third in Chicago. There are a lot of people arguing that, I guess analytics people, arguing that Adam Fox, From New York Rangers Rangers. defenseman, should have been the winner, yet he wasn't on the ballot of the, the final three. I don't know. He plays in New York, that's why. Yeah. So those are kind of the four major awards handed out in the NHL. There is a longer list. He's got it. I, I don't even know what happened. Over here. But Jesus, did you go to the award show? Like, who, were you who, announcing it? Titillating. Who, who got the Jack Adams award? Uh, Bruce Cassidy. Bruins. Awesome coach, yeah. That's our coach of the year. Do you have a beer over there? Not quite. Do you need one delivered? Should we call, like, Postmates? No, I just, I'll send a text. I'll get you. <laughs> Postmates. <laughs> <laughs> He was talking about some other postmates in Detroit this weekend. When he said he was looking at his stats, I'm like, like Tinder stats? Like, do they keep those? <laughs> how many times you swiped right? How many times you swiped left? Like, and how many times it he, paid off? He was, he was seeing if his percentage was higher than Bryce's. These girls hit. have like, do they have like profiles like baseball cards? Like, for four ninety nine a month, <laughs> it's pretty easy to get your money sorted. <laughs> oh boy, no comment. Nope. So we talk a bit about basketball. What basketball? Or do you guys want to stay on the hockey thing? Um, I was gonna. I'm I'm done with hockey because, like I said, we only got one series going on. The awards are the only news. What do you want to talk about I basketball? Just, I mean, it deserves at least a minute of talk for an hour and one minutes in. I'll be honest. I haven't watched any basketball other than the same eight second <clears throat> highlight of Anthony Davis straining a three. The only reason I'm paying attention tonight is because I got Boston minus three. <laughs> And I'm still not even watching the game. I've like, watched the, a couple of games just because I had money on them. The <laughs> so. only basketball I've watched was the fourth quarter of last night's Lakers-Nuggets game, and that was only kind of on for background noise. Takeaways? The Nuggets lost, <laughs> therefore LeBron <laughs> lost, so I he was mean, happy. Nuggets he won. Mean, he means the Lakers lost. Yeah, Lakers lost, therefore LeBron lost, so I went to bed happy. <laughs> um, lost with a triple-double. <clears throat> I guess that's what happens when you pass it to the yeah, same player they, the entirety of they, the game. They, they kept talking that up a bunch of times just in the quarter that I watched. Well, LeBron's got another triple-double. It's this many. It's like it's the playoffs. It doesn't matter when you lose. Predictions? Uh, predictions or hopes? Yeah, those are very different. Yes. How about yes? I'll be I'll be realistic. I, I believe the Lakers will win this series. I'll echo that. I don't, what's the other series at right now? Uh, uh, it's 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two one Miami. Miami. I'm going to. I think, I think Boston's going to come back. That's been a really good. I watched game was games one and two. I didn't watch game three, yeah. but those were two good games. So, so I'll say Boston and the Lakers advance. I' not educated enough to make a guess on who will win. I'm not big I'll on tell basketball, you who I hope wins. but I, I really like watching <laughs> Jalen Brown play. I, I like watching all the Celtics games just in general. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've always said that I don't watch a ton of NBA. I'm not a fan of the play style. I prefer to watch college basketball because I feel like there's more people on the floor at a time that give a shit about the game and try and play defense. Um, I would like to see the NBA basically move to a play style of college and defense and allow zones, like true zone defense, and we'll find out who the smarter coaches and players are because that's like a chess match on the basketball court, in my opinion. Uh, that'll never happen because it doesn't suit the casual fan who wants to see a run and gun dunk chuck up the three a game. That was pretty good. I just threw that out there. That was 
That was nice. Yeah, thank you. That's the nice. next single coming out. Uh, throw that on a t-shirt. <laughs> but I think the as glad as and happy I am that they are getting the sports in and the NBA is playing, I feel like part of the lust of watching the finals or any playoffs at this point in the NBA is gone because there's no fans. It sounds weird because, you know, a month or two ago, we were all like, man, I just want them to come back. I want them to play. We want sports. But I feel like there's that, there's that atmosphere in playoff basketball that you don't get in a regular season, probably similar to hockey. Uh, I, would, I would agree with that. I do think basketball, the little I've watched, basketball is missing the fans more. It's like hockey. watching and It's like turning your TV and watching a glorified AAU pickup basketball game. Like Summer League, the Gatorade League or yeah. whatever. <laughs> That's more entertaining, actually. Uh, uh, so usually, I watch the. I usually always watch the finals, but it's usually because it's in June, and there's, and there's not regular season baseball on, and that's it. That's part of it too. So yeah. now this year, obviously, we got well Stanley Cup will be over by the time that finals start. But you're in the playoff baseball, so I probably won't watch much at all. Maybe the finals when they come around, I'll try to pay attention a little bit more. I, I think if the Celtics weren't still in it, I'd be kind of done with it. Yeah. Also, like, when you, you go out and there's all the TVs on the wall, somehow basketball seems to capture my attention more than anything else. I don't even really like the game. But when there's no volume on any of the TVs and you're at, like, a sports bar, it seems really captivating. So that's where I seem to get all of my basketball watching in these days. Is it the bright colors you like going back it's and forth? It's got to be. <laughs> Do you have a spreadsheet for your stats? Asking for a friend. Should I? I don't know. I'll hang up and listen, though. <laughs> 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 don't worry. Your beer's on the way. <laughs> going to need it now. Um, it's getting hot in here. I do want to get into the UFC. Nelly. Yeah. So there is a fairly large anticipated fight this weekend that kind of, I'm going to say, flew under the radar with all the sports going on. But yeah. Yes. Um. They are back on Fight Island, we should know. Yeah, they're back over five, in, in five our, weeks, I saw. Yeah, Dana yeah, White's staying over for five weeks. Something like that. So, yeah, they're back in Abu Dhabi, Fight Island. Uh, I forget the arena name. They they actually have a name for this arena now. It's uh, on, is it Yas Island on, or something like that? Yeah. Yas That's Islands. the island, but they actually yeah. have a, a name for the arena. She hauls beer like a Clydesdale. I love it. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> have you not seen Budweiser's commercials ever? Yes. Oh, because of the dogs? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think I'd be calling a friend's wife for Clydesdale. <laughs> currently eight months pregnant. That's definitely a compliment. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, Israel Adesanya and Paula Costa is big yeah. fight. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, are, they, are they friends? Or kind of? I, I, saw, I saw a meetup with them. They, they, like, met in the hallway. They ran they into each other. Kinda, yeah, they're there's just kind of talking and chatting. But yeah, there's been some shit talking going on there. Usually those big so, matchups, you don't see that. I don't fun. think it's a, a legitimate personal no. hate. It's just, like, Costa. chatter on uh, social media because one's a champion yeah. and one wants the belt. Paul Acosta said that he they ran into each other somewhere in a hallway, wherever they're at, and he said Adesanya was a com- completely cordial, you know, put his hand out, shake his hand, asked how he was doing. I saw the video. There was a video. Yeah. Even even like, he was like, oh, Acosta, you look, you look thinner or something. And Acosta corrected him. He's like, he's like, I'm not thinner. I'm just leaner (laughs) or something. Have you ever seen this guy fight? Acosta? Yeah. I think, I think I saw him, I don't know, a couple months ago when he fought. So I have, I don't know about you. I have Costa winning this fight. 
That's my prediction. Okay. We should know Adesanya, so MMA, not just UFC. Adesanya is 19-0, cost us 13-0. So this is a matchup of two undefeated fighters, which we don't get the privilege of seeing that a whole lot, especially for a belt. Usually, not after that many fights. Usually yeah, it's like... It's usually somebody's got a loss or two. Yeah. This is a legitimate matchup of two undefeated fighters. Uh, we've talked about Adesanya before. He is very confident, cocky. Um, he's called out John Jones before, which we agree is stupid, unrealistic. However, I strongly believe it was a marketing ploy on his side Probably. to... We've seen it how many promote times himself. in the past, right? Yeah, to promote himself. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, it worked because a lot of people know who he is just from that. Despite the John Jones call-out, because I'm a John Jones fan, I, I tend to enjoy watching Adesanya. I do believe he's one of the best strikers in the UFC. Costa is a hell of a fighter. I, you don't get to 13-0 by being a slouch. But it's tough. I think... I still feel like Adesanya is going to pick him apart and, and win this. I would go with that, except for Adesanya's last fight after winning the belt. He fought Romero. Was like He wouldn't engage. Yep. And ironically, both of these guys, their last fight was against Romero. Wins over Romero. Um, Should have noted Costa's if it was a decision. Or Romero's the guy that's got like the monster shoulders. Huge. Shit, right? Yes. Huge. Uh Looks like he can't move very much. He's just. Paula it looks Costa. like me walking around. The other fight on this card <laughs> that is uh, John's vacated belt is up for grabs. Uh, Dominic Reyes is fighting Jan, Jan Blakovich for yes. the light heavyweight belt. So this will be the first time, and I believe, eleven years that neither John or Cormier has held this belt. Yeah, eleven years. So Costa's win over Romero. Taylor was, was like also five. a decision, not a finish. That but, fight was nuts. Yeah. Cost is a tough dude, and he's big for that weight class. Uh, yeah. This this fight has my attention. Yeah. Like, don't call, don't text, don't talk to me during this fight. I want to <laughs> see every bit of it. So, yes, yeah, so I'm not, I'm in no way, shape, or form discrediting Costa. I just think, I don't know. I, I've got confidence in Adesanya striking. Adesanya's definitely, Costa is big. But Adesanya has to have a height and reach advantage, I would think. And uh, like I said, I think he's one of the best strikers currently in the UFC. I'm going with Adesanya. If it weren't for the John Jones call-out, like I said, I would probably be a enormous Adesanya fan. I, it's weird, right, because we just bash DeChambeau, and then I t- say that Adesanya is confident and cocky, but I'm a fan of his. I don't know. I mean, saying it's all that, about how you you go about it. Saying that about a UFC fighter, I mean, if you're playing guess who of the UFC fighters, you put basically zero people down. True. You know, that's yeah. not really narrowing the field. It's not like you really. It's not a sport where being arrogant is going to really come up ag- yeah, against you to yeah, hurt yeah. you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So yeah, I'm going with Adesanya. Uh, the other fight you just mentioned, Reyes versus Blagovich. Light heavyweight. It will be weird to not see Jones or Cormier in that fight. For the belt, yeah. I'm definitely – I'm very interested in that fight, see how that goes. Um, I don't want to say that I don't care about it, but it's – I'm excited. It's like refreshing to see some different names going for a belt. Yeah. I mean, 
much as you like the other two names, yeah. it's nice to see things yeah, moving yeah. along. Yeah, yeah I, I, I see where you're coming from there. I do. Yeah. I think it was time for John to move on anyway. I really do. Yeah. I mean, how many times did you clean out the division? I mean, his, I felt like his last few fights, Reyes surprised me. Reyes looked good, which I, I'm going to take Reyes winning this fight Saturday. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, the other guys are good fighters, but they were not quite ready for John, but there was nobody else for him to fight. Therefore, you get title shot, you get your ass kicked. Yep. So that's kind of my feelings on that. But it was time for John to move on. I mean, we all knew at some point he was going to go to heavyweight as big as he is. And I'm more excited to see that than I would be to see him stand there and defend his title anyway. I am too. Yeah. I wonder how big this guy's going to get. I know how big he is, like, non-camp. I've stood next to the guy just casually walking around. And he makes – I felt tiny. He made Ryan Wilson look small. Ryan's not a small guy. Right. It's good size. Yeah. You think if he puts 40 pounds on, we'll hear about it in yeah, the media just, constantly? Yeah, doing six <laughs> weeks, six months. How many protein shakes a day are you drinking? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pumped for those fights. And yeah. yeah, Five weeks over there is crazy because that's where the Khabib fight's going to happen. Khabib right. fighting Gaethje. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. – uh, I think Dana said they built him the exact gym, basically, he has in in Vegas over there. Oh, I saw Exact same equipment, everything. Yeah, Dana's got he – did, he posted a video the other day on social media. It's pretty crazy, like, his whole setup. I mean, he's going to be there for five weeks, so I don't I – don't, it's pretty yeah. sweet, but – I think even post-COVID, they're going to keep going back there. This is going to end up being a, oh, 100%. A, a second Las Vegas. Oh, them. yeah, and they're building a hotel yeah. in Vegas. The UFC and said we're going to be self-sufficient, yeah. so – so I think all these amenities that they're building isn't just for two or three trips. Over He's there. literally built they're an empire. Keep, yeah. My favorite Dana White story, by the way, is I love this guy. Like he just he doesn't give a shit. He just says what it is. My favorite Dana White story is he lives in a community in Vegas where you can't have a pool, like an HOA type of thing. Dana White has a pool. And he just pays the fee every month. Like how? It's like parking on the wrong side of the street and being like, I'll just take the parking ticket. Yeah, except for it's more expensive. <laughs> it's a little more expensive. <laughs> well, I mean, relative to our incomes, it's probably pretty similar. Is that not big dick energy or what? I mean, It is. However, I, I've never understood HOAs and their yeah, stupid-ass yeah. rules. I'm first, never, first of all, why would you I buy will, a house in there if you know you can't? I will I never. Know. Maybe it's one place yeah, you buy I will never there. live in a development where you've got to pay... These kind of rules and people tell me what I can or can't. Did you hear about Ron trying to move by a condo in Florida? Oh, yeah. They told me, they called him. He was the day, he was going to put an offer in. They said, oh, the realtor called him and said, there's a, there's a clause. You can't have a dog over 20 pounds. He goes, I'm out. He goes, deal breaker for me. And he goes, besides, isn't, aren't smaller dogs more of a pain in the ass to take care of? They shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all. I think my, my in-laws have, they have an, they're older, obviously, but they have an HOA. But they wanted to, like, put, I don't know what it was. Put, oh, Christmas lights. Put Christmas lights outside? They had to be the white strings. You couldn't, or something like that. I'm like, really? Uh, That's what the. Yeah. And they wanted to like repaint their mailbox, but it couldn't be like, you know, like, like four colors to choose from. It's like a commercial. Like you, will, <laughs> yeah. you will never find me living in a place like that. It was, it was crazy. I'd put up, I'd go full Clark Griswold. <laughs> Christmas shit everywhere that you could see from the moon. And Clark, tell them to shitter's <laughs> full. <laughs> Someone tried to justify to me that the homeowners association costing $300 a month was worth it. For what? That's basically what I said. What well, do they, they do? mow, they do your maintenance, they 
I mean, if you don't want to do this any of that. This person we were just talking about. Yeah. I, yeah. I enlightened him and told him my rent is four fifty a month. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they mow my yard. Yeah. The only thing the only thing about him paying that cost was he said that also included water and electricity or something like that. So to me that's that's still not a bad deal. You're roll if you roll those bills into that, then Do I know who said person is? Yeah. It was Ron. Yeah, it was Ron. Oh. The Sorry. HOA cost down there, he said, was like three to three fifty. But uh, I, I imagine about normal. For unless him. I misheard him, I thought he said it included electricity, and I thought he said even water and in, like trash, including cover. electricity in Florida when you can have your heat blast or your your hot AC tub. And, yeah, that's yeah. that's Sounds not bad. a bad I mean, deal I at all. Just that number caught me off guard. We are really in the weeds, though. I, right that's now. all right. <laughs> okay. I like that. These are our best combos. <laughs> By the way, I'm gonna take strikeouts. Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, anymore. Think we're good. But you're, well, you're going to lose this one. So you need no more goals <laughs> in this game. You're at? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you're hitting it. I yeah. can take one more. Well, that's no, not that can. high. Yeah, I can. It's five and a half. Five and a half. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't take one more. <laughs> yeah. Math guy. <laughs> I didn't realize it'd be that high. No wonder you took it. I, th- uh, I thought with the series being 1-1, this would be a very tight defensive battle, low-scoring game. Yeah, Tampa's just dominating this. Well, that goalie better start standing on his head, making some saves. So, yeah. I think that was a problem he was saying on his head, one of the goals. All right, you guys, I'll move on to three stars. Well, why not? Do you want to uh, talk a little bit about a uh, golf match yesterday? We can. Uh, just oh. just a quick touch base. Did you? Because did you I don't, I don't no, know. I you didn't watch anything. It happened during just, the day. I didn't. Yeah, I, re- I recorded and then I watched the whole I just goddamn fucking four and a half hours of it last night. But, <laughs> again, Justin Thomas was. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't know. Justin Thomas was sounds great. pissed off. He did it. <laughs> it was great. It was. It was great. <laughs> oh, this whole goddamn <laughs> fucking four hours. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Tom, Thomas was great again. Oh, his, mic'd up. Yeah, mic'd up. I, he was, I love him. I think it was the first hole. They get down and first of all, Tiger's new course is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, it's it sexy. was awesome. So, so they have like coyotes and road runners just running around. No, yeah. It, it's in the Ozarks. I'd right swipe it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> is this, pl- I assume, because the sun was there, this course is a tribute to Payne Stewart somehow. Payne's right. Valley. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah so he that's... grew up 50 miles south of there. They had Payne's son playing with them, didn't they? No, he, he, he was just hitting hit shots. Or he hit on the 19th hole. And yeah, yeah, he hit the, the ceremony. Opening tee shots, yes, too. Yeah. That's why I didn't know if he had played the whole thing. Oh, or okay. not. And don't think Russ was drunk. There was actually a 19th hole, everybody. A legitimate nineteenth yeah. hole that that wasn't there two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. It, yeah. <laughs> they just put it in. I, I've talked about Spit and Chicklets podcast a few times. And Ryan Whitney plays a lot of golf. He's told some incredible stories about bigger courses that have these nineteenth holes and settling some of their bets yeah. on them. And then he's talked about like the nineteenth hole. They play it, and then the bet wasn't settled, so they the members noticed there's like a boulder over there, like a hundred yards away. So you'd like hit off the fringe towards the boulder and stuff like that. <laughs> just to settle bets. I th- I love the idea. A 19th a bet setter for settle, settling Dude, bets. Yeah. yeah it's it, the course is an absolutely gorgeous shape, but even on the first hole, cause I don't think they'd really seen the course. Cause even later on, uh, Faraday was talking to Rory and he asked him, you know, if he had changed a diaper, he's like, I changed one this morning before I even flew in here. So they, like, literally hadn't seen the course. Um, and so Thomas was just off the green on the first hole, and he's like, Tiger, do I – Tiger was talking to Rory probably, like, 20 feet away. He's like, Tiger, do I need to bump this? Do I get it up in the air? 
He didn't say a word. He goes, all right, good talk. Thanks for a chat. <laughs> I'm curious how much Tiger actually, I mean, they said he, they consulted him on it. I'm curious how much input he actually had in it and how much of it was just like his name on the golf course to sell it. Yeah, it was his, it's a, it was his TGR design or whatever it is. Cause I think Gary yeah. player was the main designer of it. Yeah. Gary was there. But they, know, was, they said he was out there walking the course a lot constantly. I would so. like to, uh, play that place. Dude, it was, it's not that expensive. I looked it up today. I know we need to put it right in the books yeah. right now. It's like buck fifty to play, yeah. uh, play there. They have packages there for the other courses, which I heard are like really good. There's too. five or six. Gary Player has a thirteen hole course. That's really popular in Florida right now. Really, old people don't like playing eighteen, and nine's not enough. There's a lot of thirteen, <laughs> just random numbers. Jesus, imagine That's being like, "What'd you shoot today? Oh, I shot fifty nine. <laughs> Come on, it's thirteen holes, but I shot fifty nine. Yeah. <laughs> They probably got an HOA that doesn't allow them to have more than 13 holes. <laughs> That's just stupid. I thought the course if was you don't, great. If, if the old people don't want to play 18, then go play 13 and walk off the course. Build me 18 holes. It's just like when... You're holding me up anyway, so uh, walk off every 13. <laughs> it's just like when you try and squash someone's honor, right, for the tee box, and you go 500 years of tradition, D- and right now you're going to break it. Right. Right. Ooh. That one caught them. The only thing it broke there was wind. Dude <laughs> wipes. <laughs> yeah. Even to Taylor's comment earlier, though, we did find out Rory's on a big Domino's kick, apparently, though. Dude, <laughs> they were talking about this clip. That was a great clip. I did. <laughs> talking about pizza, and he's like, we just love Domino's. So what, here's what tipped my ear to it was I saw a tweet that said, uh, Rory's got so much money, he basically just let Justin Thomas know without telling him that he's poor. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard somebody else saying he he probably does like Domino's, but he basically just put out this big endorsement to, hey, Domino's, come sponsor me. <laughs> That's I mean, true. I mean, if Domino's gets a hold of him and starts paying him, mm-hmm. you know, a sponsorship, quarter million a year or something, then it was genius. Yeah. Hey, I'm I mic'd up. I'm going to drop this company little, name. Little That's exactly pizza what they slice need. on the collar? When's the last time you guys sick. ate Domino's pizza? About a year ago. I can't. Uh, I know I've had it. Yeah, Russ, Russ has had a lot of Domino's pizzas in is his lifetime. Is there one even close here? No, yeah, he's one down in South Corner yeah. now. Oh, no, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I actually Crossing probably had the, it like four months ago. Crossing the building company now. Oh, okay. There used to be it's, like a Fox's there. Nah, I, wor- I worked nah. there. I worked there for years. <laughs> Slinging pies all over the city. <laughs> he, said, he told me earlier, he said, everything at Domino's is really good. <laughs> Except for the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> they have so much more shit now than when I used to deliver. Russ, Russ it was oh, like, yeah, you want yeah. cheese or pepperoni? You want pizza and chicken kickers? We are kind of spoiled in this area, though. <laughs> the chicken kickers are, have yes. talons? <laughs> <laughs> nah, we, de- we declawed them all. Uh, oh, that's we great. Are. For a small town, we're pretty spoiled at pizza places. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good pizza places. I wish... Uh, we need to have pizza here next <clears throat> next Wednesday. I can make that happen. I like it. It's we need Portnoy here to actually review and settle that long-standing debate of what's better. Yeah, it's not no it's debate not, for me. It's not close in my opinion. But um, what is the, it for you? The big A. Okay. Yeah. Anilio's with no questions. Shh, don't drop names. They're going no free. I'll ads. let them know. No free ads. But have you say. guys had Sabaro? <laughs> <laughs> In what country is that in? <laughs> Every airport on the planet. <laughs> well, uh, one other good joke last night on the golf. Uh, Tiger. Oh, Kyle's bet's oh, done. There goes the under. Um, and five, Tampa is running away with five this Five-one Tampa. Just a bit outside. <laughs> Sorry. 
you might you might be kicked out. Uh, I gotta watch that movie. T- Tiger Faraday was like driving around like a huge ATV. First of all, he got lost one time. He went up the wrong hole, and then he's like, he's like, like Faraday, did we lose you? Yeah, I was wondering where everybody went. I went up the wrong hole, so he was all over the place. The guy's awesome. But I love Faraday. T- Tiger was riding in the cart with him. He goes. He goes, I'm trying to figure out how to hit it further. He goes, well, those skinny-ass skinny legs you got, <laughs> you ain't using your legs much. So then he's like, he tiger out of cart, and he goes, guys, you know what we call that? The Faraday. He goes, we call those Wednesday legs. And they're like, what? He goes, Wednesday gonna break. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, uh, <laughs> that's more of a wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just to make you happy. <laughs> All right. What are you? <laughs> are you moving to three stars now? Get out! What are you? An idiot sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. That Mick, actually turned out okay. <laughs> Mick, come down here like midnight. He's still going to be here putting up sound bites on the board. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I support this. I support this. All right. Are we doing three stars now? Uh, sure. All right. Want to. Who wants to go first? Don't, why are you looking my direction as if no. I'm the one that picks on Go ahead. You got a dud? Maybe. Maybe. When does, he, he definitely got a dud. He's always got a Hashtag dud. Hashtag no dud. If he doesn't, then he definitely. I, not, I sent him one just in case. If not, we all have the dud. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kyle, what did I tell you? I know. Uh-huh. I know. What? Said you said I like he's hot on the trail or something as if I hadn't already seen it. <laughs> thought about what I would say. All right, I stat- sent it to you like three minutes after it got tweeted. Last week, uh, that guy was high this week. He's three beers deep. <laughs> I love it, though. Watch out, three beers. <laughs> they're, they're they're heavy. Really good, actually. I was yeah. surprised. Not mm-hmm. much pumpkin going on, like I figured. No, it's not. Well, it's, it's not a, pumpkin. Yeah. It's yeah. Oktoberfest. It then what's in <laughs> it? It tastes just like beer. Beer just all tastes beer. It's like a thicker fall. It either yeah. tastes like nothing, or it tastes. Don't like tell beer. me that tastes just like the natty ice you were drinking at nine a.m. No, two this weeks tastes ago. like beer, and that tastes like. Alcohol fizzy water. Watered down beer. <laughs> Alcohol fizzy It tastes water. like pain. <laughs> All right. Someone threw out their first star. All right. I got a kind of a – I couldn't come up with a true third star, so I got a couple of guys. First, uh, Edward Ruzard, who was an amateur playing U.S. Open from Spain. His first hole in the U.S. Open, hold out for Eagle. Pretty impressive. He did finish second to last in the entire tournament, but he started with an Eagle, his first ever hole in the U.S. Open. Should have withdrew. <laughs> he would have came in I'm second. Done. Yeah. Um, Spunked my skin. Then my other two guys for the third are Zalatoris and Reed for the hole in ones. One. Zalatoris almost had two in the same day. Yep. He hit the flag stick on. I was, just happy, I was just happy someone chopped Reed's skin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I want to know if someone's got a skin spot going at some of these tournaments. That would mm-hmm. be. That would be fun. If I like an eighty percent payout, and we'll take twenty. Don't tell them that. Just like hundred bucks a man. And there can't be many skins in a day, if any. Yeah, I mean you got to dunk one. It's really your only choice. That'd be an interesting thing to look at. Because even yeah, even on easy to find even out. on Thursday, I think there was like four holeouts on one for Eagle. Just on Thursday. I mean, some of those greens were like putt putt greens. You just throw it anywhere and it'll come back. <laughs> I was going to say, that kind of proves our point about the uh, pins being down yeah. in bowls, collection areas. Yeah. Should we know. say it? These guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Damn. All right. All right. Third star. Z. 
uh, two of them. The uh, <laughs> was, a, God, was that an S or a Z? <laughs> it was both. Uh, the Cleveland Browns running back tandem. Was were you laughing at me? I just didn't expect you to say Cleveland Browns. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, hey, they did good. Uh, They're they, going to the big dance. They play, yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> saying that. They played the Thursday night game last week against Cincinnati. Came out with a 35-30 to 30 win. Uh, Nick Chubb ran for 124 yards with two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt ran for 86 yards with a rushing touchdown and also had a receiving touchdown. So the running back tandem, 212 yards on the ground and accounted for four touchdowns. That's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. That wins you a lot of football games. So, yep. So Cleveland Browns running back tandem, my third star of the week. My third star of the week is Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. who, although they lost the game, Herbert. finding out about 10 minutes before the game that you are now starting, Yep, didn't play too bad for a guy who's A, a rookie, two, found out 10 minutes before the game he was starting. And then you almost went out and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Should have. Uh, yeah, he screwed up. He could have ran for that first down, but those are uh, rookie mistakes. So he is my third star of the week. How many how many stars you got over there? Do you need to mm-hmm. throw one in here? I just have a dud. Okay. Um, my second star is Bryson. Give him credit. Um, and I did. I don't want to take too much credit for this, but. I did say under par and win by six shots last week. So you said six shots. I did. That's he a, did. That's a good call right there. But I, I recall just, saying that was, that was my bold well, statement. Just a random. You, you out specifically there. said Xander Shockley would win. Well, I, at first five. I said I said two under and win by six, and I think it'll be Shockley. Okay. So who's the star here, Bryson or you? Uh more Both. me. Both. Sixty sixty-seven percent me, thirty-three him. Crickets. Something. I'm just going to oh, go straight hardcore to the boot. <laughs> just leave it for a second. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fair enough. Who was your third star? Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her, Her bear. It's French. Then it'd be a bear, not no, her, her bear. Her bear. Anyways. Uh,. Second star, we've already talked about him, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, 24-35 passing for 417 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he was named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. So, Josh Allen. Steal your thunder. You. <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Matt Wolf because. Although he didn't win, the way Matt handled himself on the golf course Sunday, while he continuing to grind and his attitude after the fact, um, speaks volumes for what we just talked about at the beginning of this podcast. It's pretty easy to root for a guy like Matt Wolf when he's on the golf course acting like a professional. Uh, first U.S. Open, finish second, get you back next year automatically. Uh, but yeah, he handled himself extremely well. Never, never quit out there. I felt like, so I'm going to go with Matt Wolf. I definitely agree with you. I mean, you can't, you can't argue a tie or not a tie to, but an outright second place finish. And what was it? The last major was a fourth place finish. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to win a lot of majors. I hope so. I really do. But the thing that worries me is 
what did he have, five bogeys on the backside on Sunday? I mean, yeah, he really backed off. Yeah. I don't know if that was nerves or just the way the course played. Could have been pressing to it. But I, I'm afraid that we might see a a chronic choker out of him. Not even, It's not even that he choked. You, you can't say, well, you finished second place, you choked. But to see the way he backed up, and he was missing every putt he stood over for the he last two the, hours of the day. He missed the five to eight footers that Bryson made. That was the difference. Are you saying it's an Oklahoma State thing, him and Ricky? No. Mm, that's a whole other wormhole to go down with that. With Ricky, but I'm just afraid that we won't see him close out or not for a while until he matures more. I mean, how He'll many majors there. has he played in? Four or five now? Right? I Wolf, don't even think it's that many. Wolf, two. Two. That's it? Yeah. So, well, it's a professional premature. As an amateur, this I is think, definitely but. premature to say, but when people get themselves into that position, I, I'm a firm believer they either have it or they don't have it. I will agree with that to. A certain degree. And I'm I'm not saying this was evidence of whether he does or doesn't have it because we all know that even the great players backed up on Sunday. Right. I think you're you have a valid point uh for someone who's been there a few times and is I, I guess if I'll, Dustin Johnson had done that, we would all be calling that a choke. Because he's been there before and he's comfortable. Yes. yes. That's why I'm saying it's premature, but it worries me. You live and learn and once you get, once you've been there a few times, you get more comfortable in that position, and then yes, either you have the it factor or you don't. So yeah, I agree with you to a degree, sure. And I think that's where he struggles, right? Is it his putting? That, that's probably his. He did struggle. Worst. He struggled Friday really bad. Yeah, that's probably his weakness of his game. Struggled his really bad Friday putting. So, uh, so Matt Wolf. Uh, so my first start was Josh Allen, but I'm going to switch it up. Uh, Harrison Butker, who made. Three field goals in the last shit. <laughs> That's what he gets for taking mine. Uh, made, made the same field goal three times, basically. Uh, one from five yards further because of a penalty um, to beat the Chargers in the comeback. So your first star, Russ, is? It'd be Harrison Butker. Okay. Yeah, I'll elaborate a little bit. So he was technically three for three on field goals in the game. Two of them were 58 yarders that tied Kansas City's Long record for long field goal. Uh, he made the 30-yarder as time expired in the fourth to push it to overtime. Then he made, the 50, made a 53-yarder while play was blown dead for an offside penalty. Pushed back five yards. He made a 58-yarder that was blown dead on the timeout. And then he made the live 58-yarder. So for a guy to stand out there, have to think about all that shit. They did everything that dri- they possibly could yeah. have to shake him up. And drill three 50-plus yarders was, was impressive to me. Yeah, to that's win ice the game. in the veins for sure. You know so. what? If he misses that field goal, then the guy who got the false starts in big shit. Yeah. <laughs> you and I were texting a little bit while that was going on. I said to you that th- this guy's, in my opinion, he's the best kicker in football and has been for a few years now. Yeah. I told you he's like, he's like a robot. He's automatic. And he backed up my statement. Yeah, that was so. that was impressive. So, Harrison Butker. My first star is Josh Allen, uh, for obvious reasons. On top of everything you mentioned, he is leading the NFL in passing right now. So, it's just hard yep. to watch him and not not put him as a star. Yeah, and his complete obviously everybody complains about his completion percentage. He's at seventy one percent. Yeah, this year, which is and it's nice great. to see him 
He's clearly improved upon that this season. It's nice to see him making attempts, throwing it down the field. We saw, I think, a lot more in these first two weeks of this season of him really going for the 25 to 40-yard throws instead of the little 10-yard try and get a first down. Yeah, He's actually throwing it down the field, and now we're seeing him put up real big boy numbers finally. A 417-yard game is really impressive. You follow up your 300-yard game with a 400-yard game. Yeah. Uh, my dot of the week, funny enough, I can't even put a name on it because as hard as I look, they've left him nameless. <laughs> I think for obvious reasons because maybe uh, I wouldn't say his medical license would get taken away, but probably won't get much business. Well, I don't think he can get sued, so. Oh, I'm sure he's got plenty of paperwork to keep him safe, but a Los Angeles Chargers team doctor. That's the extent of what we get about him. Accidentally punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but that seems like a bit of a miscue when you're giving someone a painkiller. But the the funniest statement about the whole thing is one of the PR people for the Chargers said, quote, it happens. So, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's dud worthy every day of the week. I agree with the dud 100%. And I thought the same thing. And then probably just before you got here tonight, they interviewed Dan Orlowski on ESPN, who was a quarterback, and he said he had this shot done three times, and they told him before they gave you the shot, there's a high chance this could happen. So they, I think it's more common yeah. than we hear about. I'm, so it, do you think the dud almost needs to go to, like, the training staff as a whole for why are you giving him this? Well, they had, right he had a broken game? rib. Broken rib. Well, I, I know that. He, if he doesn't he, get it, he might, he have he might started, play a series. Would he have started had he not gotten it? Yes, but if he doesn't get that – and he takes one little hit, he's probably not playing. They also said the shot has to be administered, like, right before the game. Oh, that seems so freaking But, yes, I, I agree with the dudness of, the like, the timing and the way it worked out. You had one job, bro. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Don't yeah. stick it too deep. Yeah. yeah. But keeping Tyrod Taylor's feelings in mind, this was, like, comical. It's a comical story. Your own, really your own doctor puncher, punctures your lung, giving you a shot. In the story of Tyrod's career, I think he's going to lose his starting job over this. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, who? what I was the name Herbert of the guy? What was the name of the Justin guy? Justin Herbert. Yeah. For him to come out and play that way kind of makes it hard to say why would we put Tyrod back in. That's good. So I, I don't know how he continues to play. I don't know if Lynn said anything since, but on Monday he said Tyrod's still our starter as long as he can play, so. I think they're still under the assumption, like, let's let Herbert just sit behind him for the season. He's not playing this week. Who? Tyrod. He's out this week? Yes. Yeah, he said as long as he's healthy, he's going to be our starter. So Yeah, he's definitely out this week. They've already said that. So We almost saw our first week of uh, hashtag no dud. That was kind of last we could have We could have found one. Yeah, we'd have found somebody. Yeah, 100% could have found somebody. I would have scoured the internet for you. Um. <laughs> Oh, go ahead if you got something. I just have an announcement. I would love to hear it. That only two-thirds of you actually probably know about, but <clears throat> I'm going to Pinehurst in March. And myself and Hurley <laughs> and Cookie will also be going now. Well, I don't think, I don't know if Hurley's officially in, but uh, it was a national club championship tournament happening in Pinehurst, middle of March. So my wife made me jump at the opportunity because I just kind of like brushed it off. But props to my wife. Our anniversary is tomorrow. She doesn't store podcast. Uh, it was her idea for me to go to this and just take the opportunity to do it. So 
just wanted to let you guys know that. So you starting to go fund me or? No, no, I've already paid my entry fee and just want to let you guys know that the three of us Jamokes are going to be in Pinehurst representing the area. Hope we live up to some standards. Yeah, is it Hurley's going to Bandon Dunes as well? He told us. So he leaves this weekend. Oh, yeah. So that. he's going to be in Pinehurst with us. Granted, if everything went through for him, but his plan is I talked to him on the phone today. He'll be in Pinehurst. We play Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. He's going to drive to Raleigh, Durham, and fly out to Denver. Yeah, to he, was, to he was telling us yep. going to Bandon. It's kind of the way that timing of it is he's going to be out there. So, other than that, awesome. You know, we could. Maybe talk for five minutes about the great turnout from your uh, tournament this past weekend. It was good. I mean, unless you don't want to touch on it. I, I mean, you put money in your pocket, didn't you? No. You didn't put any money in your pocket? God, no. Why would I put money in my pocket? I thought you guys got second overall. No. Ah. No. Just a bit outside. <laughs> I thought you were referring to, like, did we scrape the top yeah, of the pot? That's what I, I was, thought he was talking about. I was I'm like, like, God, no. <laughs> So what does that mean? That that was a quick the, talk. The Ames family just <laughs> we paid out, scraped it up. Huh? Well, hold on, I'll, full disclosure. Not only did we pay out seventy percent of everybody's entry fee backed into the field, we each threw in an extra like hundred dollars to even out the pots. Nice. Yeah, I was gonna say we. I thoroughly we enjoyed not, myself. So yeah, we lost more money than everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. I, you, I just figured you had. No, no, no. You, anecdotes or fun stories. You, you should ask him how many of his on the alternate shot, how many approach shots he hit. We did not use my drives. One. That. <laughs> One. <laughs> and that's that's because I hit a three wood where I didn't need three wood to hit it into the pond, so I could. <laughs> no, that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 hit a, we, hit a, we hit far less fairways than the guys in the U.S. Open. <laughs> The Ames family played extremely well during the alternate shot. Extremely well. Yes, they did. Yep. It, everything went smoothly, other than the frost delay, unfortunately, because we we didn't even tee off till. It was kind of nice though to have that excuse for everybody to sort of stand around and mingle. No, I was, yeah. I, I tell you, it was really, really annoying. Gotten that either way. You know, it was really annoying. It, it it didn't really like. I don't want to say it affected us like speed wise because it ended up we literally finished behind the group in front of us. They were they were playing slow though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they were behind. But we finished right behind them. Yeah, there was like a th- it one. We were teeing off eighteen. There was like a three hole gap between them and the team, the group in front of them. It was hoppy, so yeah. Uh, the average person doesn't get the concept that just because your tee time is post frost delay does not mean you still go out <laughs> on your tee time. You got to squeeze everybody else out first. Hence the two twosomes that went out in front of us in the middle of the tournament. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. I'm like. We we went in after the after the eighteen. Yeah, I'm like Rupert. Did you guys send? He's like, no, we didn't send anybody out. And I was he like, he wasn't there. He was he went out on the course because they had the issue with the car. Oh right, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, no, we didn't send anybody out. I was like, there was two twosomes behind Hoppy, and he's like, and, really? And then he's like, oh yeah, there was. He's like, well, Danny and Chris and Kyle and Rustin go out too late because Danny and Chris were still mowing. But they, what they should have done is gone out the back because yes, right. Gordy and Ann went out the back and it was no problem. Like, that's what they should have done. And I, I kind of made that comment out loud because I knew what they were getting at. The one kid apparently knew who I was. I had no idea who he was. He said, hey, Kyle, are you the last group? And I'm like, uh, yeah, we're the last group in the tournament. We're waiting for Danny and Chris. I thought that was fully implying, like, yeah. we go, you go out after us. I don't care when your tea time right. is. Like, everybody's delayed. Therefore, you are delayed. And – uh yeah, that apparently didn't apply. He went 
Danny like shows up with his clubs. He walks to Danny. He's like, "Are you Danny?" He's like, "Yeah." Can we go out the front? And Danny's like, "What?" Okay, the kids they dipped and went to the first tee, and the two twosomes went out instead of going out the back like they should have. Oh. They didn't really hold us up, I don't think. No, they were a couple holes ahead of us by the time we started, and <laughs> it's still just annoying the fact that they. I'm, yeah, I say so you guys probably didn't catch them till late on the back nine. Then I was no. You oh, didn't catch him? Caught him on four. Yeah, we caught him on like Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was a because there was a twosome on the 13th green. You guys then, were on 12th green, but there was probably another twosome. And then we made so the turn after was... nine holes. The single behind us jumped in front of us. Yes. <laughs> that was worse. <laughs> so now you get a single in a cart who catches up to them immediately. He's got nowhere to go. And the whole thing slows down, so we had to wait for. He eventually got frustrated and left after 13, which I'm totally okay with. Playing through doesn't build up pace of play. The only way to build pace of play is to have people skip holes. It's just stupid. Like, you're the single in the, in the middle of a – you're behind a tournament, whether you knew there was one or not. But either way, you're a single in a cart. You're probably going to catch somebody on a weekend at a golf course. Yes. And then there's clearly a plethora of people there because people were making a turn from both sides at that point. And we weren't inside that long. And he just made the turn and just, I'm going to go. Like, you – and then on 11 green, he comes off 12. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize you guys yeah. were making the turn. He, he yells over to us while Chris is putting. So we ignored him. It's like, just get the hell out of here, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was public fun. golf. Dude, the best part was is Danny and Chris both – well, Danny mowed, Chris rolled. Greens were fantastic. <clears throat> oh, yeah. yeah. Greens were awesome. So they, they were out doing that stuff. Chris – I see Chris coming in the side, but I said he runs over to 18 to double-check the tee because he came in and talked to me in the morning. I think Jeff had already moved the tee at that point. He comes in, leaves the side-by-side, goes inside. He goes, oh, I think he needs some golf clubs. <laughs> but before he went against golf clubs, he came out with the essentials. He had like a six-pack of blue light and a Bloody Mary. He was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that was peak Chris. That was awesome. That was I mean, awesome. He, I I'm glad it. he got to it. I'm actually glad he got to enjoy himself. I mean, as much time as he puts into the golf course, and even Danny, but I mean, Chris, we know how much time Chris puts into that golf course. And we know him really well, so it's really nice on those few occasions where you get to sort of see inside the ropes and have a nice chat with him. Yeah. And it's like, no, makes your we heart had, feel fuzzy. We had a blast. I mean, I'm glad that. I mean, we actually said going to the first team, like, really hope they kind of play well. I mean, we were trying to not make them feel rushed. And we're like, whenever you guys are ready, like, it doesn't matter to us. Chris is yeah. like, oh, I'm good. I'm going to hit these two balls over the road. I'm ready to go. And But it was, it was fun. Next year we'll do it. Hopefully it gets bigger. Anything else, gentlemen? Nope. All right. May the betting gods be with you this weekend. I'll get you all your information soon. See you next week.